It's Tuesday, March 31st, 2020. I'm Stephen Fee, and this is The Pen Pod, a limited-run podcast from Pen America. On today's edition, policymakers using the crisis to crack down on civil liberties. Then, writer Fatima Sheikh on the lessons she learned during Hurricane Katrina about writing amid crisis. And finally, a message from one of our listeners. I'm Stephen Fee, all that coming up on The Pen Pod. Hey, everyone, and welcome to The Pen Pod, a limited-run podcast from the literary and free expression group Pen America. Bills that could criminalize certain demonstrations have made their way through at least three state legislatures. That's according to HuffPost reporter Alexander Kaufman. Kentucky, South Dakota, and West Virginia have greenlit bills that designate certain oil and gas installations as key infrastructure assets. Advocacy groups say these types of bills seek to crack down on nonviolent disobedience and demonstrations, and that state legislatures are using this moment of distraction to hustle bills to passage. Indeed, similar bills began working their way through state legislatures in the wake of the Dakota Access Pipeline protests in 2016. PEN America has spoken out against similar bills in the past, saying they pose a threat to the First Amendment. Up next, writing in the throes of crisis, an interview with Fatima Sheikh. In the years following Hurricane Katrina, writer and journalist Fatima Sheikh spent nearly a decade exploring the aftermath of a crisis. A native of New Orleans, Sheikh hopped from RV camps to bus stops, chronicling the new realities that Katrina brought to her hometown. Her essays were published for In These Times magazine and helped shape her short story collection, What Went Missing and What Got Found, which has been number one on Goodreads' Great African American Short Story Collections list since 2015. She's also co-chair of the Penn Children's and Young Adult Books Committee and joins me now. Hi. Hi. How are you, Stephen? I'm doing all right. Look, so first things first, where are you uh, holding up right now at this time of social isolation? Well, I'm in Manhattan right now, but I've been spending a lot of time in virtual space, actually. Uh, I've been speaking to friends in New Orleans and uh, some friends in New York. And in the past couple of days, I've attended uh, two actual writing community conversations, uh, one with the memoirist uh, Marion Roach Smith and the other by the Black Book Community. And both had hundreds of people uh, in their online meetings. That's great. And do you find when you do these online meetings, I mean, you know, obviously it's very different being in a virtual world versus being, you know, in front of a group in, in, in real life. I mean, are you finding that it's 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 fulfilling? Are you finding that it's a good community? Well, I wouldn't have thought it was fulfilling uh, when I could see people face to face. But <laughs> <laughs> but now that I'm in my house, I find it really a resource, a really good resource. And I'll tell you one thing. Um, the fact that I don't have to go anywhere, I mean, because these meetings are being held maybe like hours apart. So mm-hmm. in real life, I wouldn't have been able to get to these meetings. And now yeah. that I can do it on my computer, I'm actually getting around to more things than I was before. So, so Fatima, you, you have a lot of experience writing and reporting amid and after a crisis. What are some of the lessons that you took away from your writing post-Katrina that you think writers can apply now? 
Well, I'll tell you that the first thing that I found out was that there are some things that you can't control and you mm. just really have to accept that. Um, so I would advise writers to be flexible and to uh, live in the present. Uh, one of the things is not to be so hard on yourself if you're not doing the things that you were doing before. So that like after Katrina, uh, I couldn't write fiction for a while. Everything that I was seeing was so fantastic. It was, I couldn't describe anything more fantastic than that. Um, you know, I was seeing stop signs upside down and red lights that were red and green at the same time. And, and uh, I went to my aunt's house and there were a pack of dogs running. They were all hungry mm -hmm. and they came toward me. So, you know, it was just a little bit more fantastic than I could describe. So what I wound up doing was switching gears and going back into nonfiction. Uh, that's how I started write, writing essays. So I started writing first person essays. So here's what I, I came out of it. I, I think that when you're in times when your imagination is just sort of clogged because too many things are happening, that it's a good time to have observation and reflection, you know, sort of in a Zen-like way. And uh, things will show themselves later what, what they're really supposed to be about. Are you finding yourself compelled to be writing right now? Well, I am writing, actually. I'm writing, I'm working on a memoir, and uh, I did some historical work before, so I'm, I'm doing some editing. So I, I am doing that. Uh, and you feel you can focus? Well, focus is, focus is not easy. Uh, focus, what I'm focusing on in my writing are the small things that I may not have, uh, that I may have skimmed over before. So I'm taking a lot more time with description and uh, and being able to impart description as metaphor. So I'm, I'm bringing my emotions to my descriptions. You know, it's interesting because you know, obviously there's so many parallels, but, but with, with Katrina and with, you know, there was, there was the storm that hit and then there was the storm afterward uh, and the uncertainty afterward. And in, and in some ways, I mean, I don't want to be too glib about it, but you know, it's sort of what's happening now. We, we don't quite know how this story is going to end. It's not like a, a big catastrophic event that happens. And then each day things get better right now. We're in this kind of period of uncertainty. I mean, do you find that that's a, at all sort of a, a mental struggle for you or similar to your experience after Katrina? Well, I, I wouldn't say that Katrina was something that came and went really, you know, um, mm -hmm. it was, uh, it, it was a constant uncertainty. It is still uncertainty. You know, um, we don't know uh, whether people are well, we didn't know then who was going to survive and who wasn't going to survive, just like now, except now is a virus. So it's it's a little different in that way. But we had elders that were uh, that were in nursing homes and we didn't know where, you know, um, we we um, so. So there are a lot of parallels in that way that that uncertainty is um, that uncertainty can sort of be tamed to me by talking to other people and sort of sharing up on the phone, you know, shared talking to people. Um, and also by just sort of focusing on small things, small pleasures, mm -hmm. you know, a, a cup of tea in the morning or uh, growing a plant or, or, uh, or I've been taking classes online, you know, I mean, just just small little things that you may not have had time for before, and then being grateful for that. And finally, you know, you, you help head our children's book committee. Are there any recommendations for books that you're recommending to parents out there? Well, I have some resources that I'd like to recommend. Um, the AALBC has the top 150 uh, recommended African-American children's books. Um, and I would recommend to parents that now they may want to read from an ethnicity that is not theirs. Uh, Lee and Lowe Publishers also is good for that. Um, the Inc. 
Think Tank is a nonfiction group of authors that uh, speak to children. Just Us Books uh, has been in business for about 25 years and the Brown Bookshelf. I mean, so there are a lot of resources online that parents mm-hmm. can use and, and go from there. And we'll put those links on our website. Fatima Sheikh is a journalist, writer, and teacher who splits her time between New York City and New Orleans. Thanks so much. Thank you, Stephen. And finally, a message from one of our listeners. Hey, Penn. It's Joshua Wolfshank calling in from Los Angeles to tell you how much I appreciate everything you do to defend freedom of expression and champion writing in the arts as um, a bomb to the soul and um, a connection among disparate minds and lives and loves. Keep at it and we'll, we'll stay in touch. Want to share your thoughts? What are you reading? How are you staying connected to the literary community? Leave us a message at anchor.fm slash penamerica. That's anchor.fm slash penamerica. We'll have a link on our website, pen.org. And that's our episode for Tuesday, March 31st, 2020. Join us tomorrow for the Pen Pod and an interview with writer and futurist Jamie Metzel. You can listen to all our episodes at pen.org. Follow us at penamerica on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Sign up on our website for our daily D.A.R.E. newsletter, where we track major stories about literature, free expression, and the news of the world. I'm Stephen Fee for PEN America. This is The PEN Pod. See you tomorrow. Thank you.